Hello, Michael. Hello, how hello. How am I? How am I? Uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's Pesach. It's it's almost Pesach. Right, it is. It's almost Pesach, but it'll be after Pesach when this comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. It will definitely be. You're doing something, right? Uh, yep, yep. I'm gonna go with Grunge Girl. We're gonna go visit Sam. Oh, yeah. I know. Cute. I know. Friend of the pod. I'm gonna pick up a blueberry apple pie. Oh, uh, yum. That's not leavened, right? Yeah, it's like shortbread. Who gives a it's, shit? I, it's, I'm 90% sure it's leavened, but... What? Yeah. Pie, Listen, pie dough is not leavened. Pie is not leavened. Is pie dough... You severely underestimate the um pie crusts. This is from Britannica, baby. Pie crusts. Okay, are Britannica the major is volume. not my source for halachic rulings. I'm sorry to tell you. Look, it says it's an unleavened product prepared by modern bakeries. Okay. Listen, my dearest Michael, the definition of the English word leavened. And the definition of the halachic term chametz are two very different things. So pie isn't isn't fucking kosher for Passover? Are you serious? Here is the thing. I do not know the answer to that question, but my assumption with any product that contains a grain which is subject to Passover law, if it doesn't say K for P, if it doesn't say kosher for Passover on it, I assume it's not kosher for well, Passover. Well, yeah, I, that I am, I'm not shocked by, but I don't follow that rule. To me, the only rule is it can't have yeast in it. Sure. So no one take this too seriously because my knowledge of Passover halacha is very limited. But a sense that I've gotten is like, if those grains, those flours come into contact with liquid for more than a very short amount of time, they are leavened. Yeah, I, I have heard of that ruling before. And I, and I'm pretty sure pie crusts like Oh, I'm sure, I'm criteria. sure. But, but guess what? That's bullshit logic. That's bullshit. Oh my gosh. Hey, I'm allowed I mean, to make that argument. Yeah, you are allowed to make that argument. I just think you're, you're uh, mixing and matching terms very freely. Hey. I learned from the best. It's true. You did. You've used, you started to use my own bullshit on me. That's the right. student has perpassed the teacher. Well, here's the thing I'm going to have a fucking pie for Pesach. Oh, what's in that box? Oh, I see. Sorry. What? What is in that box? I bet it's a fucking bunch of 11 pies, isn't it? <laughs> no, it is my boyfriend's powdered energy drink that he ordered. Oh, you're dating such a man. I know it, baby. I know it. Oh, my God. Powdered energy. <laughs> and I love it. Oh, well, uh, anyway, yeah. Pesach with Sam. There's going to be a pie. There's going to be wine, a roset, matzo ball soup. That sounds cute. It'll be that good. That sounds wicked cute. Yep, yeah. We're going to bring Skeeter. It'll be great. How about you? Oh, Bruch Shem, I am well. I have not been well. The past couple of days, I've just been like brutally depressed to the point it got to the point on the pinnacle where I was just like going on crying jags, you know, just like at oh, the slightest no. thing. But then yesterday, my boyfriend took the day off work to give me a day just focused on me and cheering me up. And he wow. took me to Jordan's Jungle, which is this amazing plant store in Providence, and got me a beautiful new house plant. And then he took me to Panda Express, which is the Chinese food that most cheers me up. And then he just took me home and took care of me all day. Nice. Oh. And that really helped. It really worked. Okay. Wow. He should come over here. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is a just for me service. I don't think it's available in other regions. Okay. All right. Well, that's very nice. That's very nice. Yeah. So that was very special and really helpful. And my new house plant is so beautiful. I'm going to text you a picture actually right now because. Okay. Send it. You will think that it's cute. Boom. Yeah. And I am going to go to Passover at a Chevruta of mine's house. We've never met in person before. We've just studied a lot together. I know that that's going to be great. I know that they're going to cook a bunch of great food. I'm going to take my boy with me and it's just going to be a really cute time overall. That's great. I got to get some wine before though. I got to find some Kosh, Kosh wine. Mm, yeah, I think I'm just going to get some non-Kosh wine. I know. I, I am getting it for people for whom the kosher certification of the wine is important. And yeah, thus, yeah, yeah. I will do that thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, let's start the Pesach season off with a listener question. Okay, great. Let's do it. Here we go. It's a short listener question, but it led to some some fun sources and explorations. This listener question is, Hello to the Talmudic Hotline. I was wondering what the Talmud says about heartbreak, wronging loved ones, and forgiveness. My fiance and I broke up recently and want to try looking towards these teachings to heal if I can. And that's it. That's a question. So first of all, listener, I'm sorry to hear of what you're going through. I have been through a divorce so i i imagine i have felt something similar to what you may be feeling right now and i'm very sorry to hear you're experiencing that and i brought some talmud that i hope will be at least mildly helpful we're gonna start with a little anecdote from the talmud which i am going to read in translation because it's super long in the original and here it goes once upon a time Rabbi akiva and his pals were ascending to Jerusalem, and when they came to Mount Sophim, they tore their clothes, and when they reached the Temple Mount, they saw a fox emerging from the place of the Holy of Holies. They started to cry, but Rabbi Akiva was laughing. The other sages said to him, why are you laughing? And he said to them, why do you weep? They replied, this is the place about which it was written, and the non-priest that draws near shall be put to death, and now a den of foxes is there. Should we not weep? And he replied, that is why I laugh. It is written in Micah, therefore shall Zion for your sake be plowed down, etc. Regarding Zechariah, it is written, there shall yet be old men and old women that sit in the broad places of Jerusalem. Until the prophecy of Uriah was fulfilled, I was afraid the prophecy of Zechariah would likewise be unfulfilled. Now that the prophecy of Uriah is fulfilled, I know that the prophecy of Zechariah will be fulfilled. And this way they answered him, Akiva, you have consoled us. Akiva, you have consoled us. Okay, okay. Interesting. Can you give us a... Um, a, l- a little more explanation. A summary of the two prophecies. Yeah. So basically what happens is they go up and they see a fox coming out of the Holy of Holies or where the Holy of Holies used to be. The sages are all upset because it's like how the mighty have fallen, basically. This is like a symbol of their ultimate tragedy. And Rabbi Akiva is like... I am happy because there is the prophecy in Micah, essentially, that says that everything will be brought low, everything will be fucked up, which is the state we are in now when we join our heroes. Mm -hmm. And there's a prophecy in Zechariah that says, basically, someday in the future, there will still be venerable ones who sit in the high places. He's basically saying, I was worried that 
a time would never come where this place was restored, basically, where order was restored and where, like, there were not foxes coming out of the Holy of Holies. But now that I see the prophecy of destruction is fulfilled, I feel like I can trust that the prophecy of renewal will be fulfilled. Okay, interesting, interesting. So because one prophecy came true, I have more faith that the other prophecy will come true. I mean, but I presumed from the beginning that Akiva's the sort of guy who believed all the prophecies would come true anyway, so this is all very... uh... I mean, I think that's part of the pathos of the story, right, is... If you think about it, Akiva is actually having a real moment of vulnerability here because he should be the kind of guy who has absolute certainty that all the prophecies will come true. And so Uh he's sort of giving us a little hint at his heart that maybe deep within he does not have the kind of confidence one would expect him to have as a sage of the people. Okay. All right. So how do you take this tale and... Bend it, forcefully bend it and <laughs> twist it into a pretzel that our listener... Oh, I'm not twisting it. You're not going to twist it? No, I mean, my point, basically, and, and I have more sources to bring, is just that, you know, I'm just exploring the Jewish version of this too shall pass, basically. Like, it is hard to trust in moments of abject suffering that that suffering is temporary. And what I'm exploring in text today is that there are sources in the Jewish tradition that sort of highlight the fact that the temporary nature of suffering and like the temporary nature of all phenomena is baked into the universe. And we can trust that to be the case on a metaphysical level. And like, I can't bring a teaching that will make it all okay, but I can bring a teaching that will confirm that it will not always be like it is now. I think that's great, Hava. I think Judaism, isn't Judaism exactly that? It's the result of a traumatic event, right? And the fact that you're bringing the temple destruction, it's like, does Judaism say anything about how to deal with a loss, a breakup like that? And it's like, no, Judaism is what is said about a loss and a breakup. That's a great way to say it. And in this case, the aspect of Judaism that Rabbi Akiva is offering is like to take solace in the temporary nature of suffering and of all earthly phenomena. So I'm going to bring a little more, a little more stuff. Okay, great. So in Bereshit Rabbah 1, which is a piece of Midrashic literature, we read, In the beginning of God's creating... Six things preceded the creation of the world. Some of them were created, and some of them were decided to be created. So this we've talked about before on the podcast, this collection of things that was created before the beginning of the world. Right, right, right. And this time we're highlighting, Rabbi Ahava said, in the name of Rabbi Zaira, even repentance was created before the beginning of the world, as it says in Psalms 92, before the mountains were birthed, and at the same time in Psalms 93, you turned man to contrition. So this is drashing a verse from Psalms 92 and 3. So the first part, Psalms 92. So before the mountains came into being, you brought forth the earth and the world from eternity to eternity, or God. So the drash is saying, here is a verse talking about a time of God existing before the world exists, right? Before the mountains is the time period. And then the next thing that's said, Tashiv adaka, adam. So you return 
man to contrition or to repentance, and you decree, return, you sons of man. Repentance can also be read as dust here. So there's definitely some lexical ambiguity, but basically the drosh is saying this psalm in verse 2 says before the mountains, and in verse 3 it says God decreed that people should return, a.k.a. repent. This is the same shuv coming from the same root as teshuva, right? Okay, okay. So repentance exists prior to creation. That is interesting. So you're saying repentance is just, it's just ingrained. It's not something that if everyone had lived a perfect life in the Garden of Eden, it would never have happened. It's just part of the substance of the universe. Right, it's in the fabric of the world. And in a broader sense, what I'm saying is we interpret teshuva and a lot of other words coming off this root of shuv as repentance, but at a deep root and granular level, they are about turning and going back. And I'm drashing this to basically mean like the quality of the world, which is that things always turn from what they are, things always continue to change, Mm -hmm. is baked into the fabric of the universe. And that's Mm -hmm. what this teaching is coming to tell us. That includes our actions and our repentance. And our repentance is just one incarnation of that broader metaphysical concept of the ability of things to change. Oh, I like that. That is very nice, Hava. I thought you would like this little episode. Oh, you're, you, you have this wry <laughs> smile on your face. You're very <laughs> pleased with yourself right now. Well, it was hard. It was a hard episode to prepare for. I think you're doing great. You're doing great. Thank you. Thank you. I think that's a very curious, very, very interesting little morsel. Yeah. Something I like to think about is just that I think one of the reasons that there are For me, this is a mystical and religious belief. One of the reasons that there are commonalities in many faiths is because I do think some some things are baked into the universe. And so it makes sense that if different people observe the same universe, they're going to come up with some similar conclusions. And this is a teaching that sort of goes along with that saying, you know, if you just observe reality for long enough, it will become clear to you this quality of teshuva or shuv exists and is baked into the DNA of ourselves and of everything. And it's present even in this situation of heartbreak that may not bring an immediate feeling of, ah, everything is better now. But you can trust this phenomena because it is fundamental to existence. Yes. Yeah, that is nice. That is nice. There is no happily ever after or sad ever after there is no ever after it's always changing baby yes which brings me to my final quote which is uh from a non-jewish source from a a book that many people's therapists have recommended to them including mine to me um is that one about doing art uh no is it the one about oh fuck i don't know what is it This is a quote from Pima Chodron's When Things Fall Apart. Things falling apart is a kind of testing and also a kind of healing. We think the point is to pass the test or overcome the problem, but the truth is that things don't really get solved. They come together and they fall apart. They come together again and fall apart again. It's just like that. The healing comes from letting there be room for all of this to happen. Room for grief, for relief, for misery, for joy. So my lesson basically is that, or my thought is basically that there is not a teaching that I could bring that would fix 
the heartache, but there is a teaching I could bring that could give something bigger to trust in to get you through the heartache, which is the quality of things coming together and falling apart, which I hope I've demonstrated through my sources that at least one stream of Judaism believes is baked into the DNA of the universe. I love it. I love it. So nice, Hava. So nice. Thank you. Thank you. And the immediate solution to dull the pain is the four glasses of wine. (laughs) Right. It's coming right up. I mean, you probably everyone will have already had them by the time this pod comes out. Or if you're a pain person, you can just do the maror. Right. (laughs) Just a big spoonful. If you want to forget that your heart is broken, just drop a suitcase full of maror on your foot. (laughs) Um... Yeah, so that's what I had to bring today. I know, listener, that this could feel unsatisfactory. I feel like I've read and experienced teachings like these during many times of heartbreak, but I hope that it's helpful, and I hope that you know that I'm sharing it not from a place of trying to, you know, answer you with cliches, but from a place of these are teachings that have genuinely helped me in times of heartbreak, and I hope they could be helpful to you as well. Wow, that's great! All right, that's great. That's so that's so good. So good. They help. Well, me. that's it. They help me. At great. Least. I'm so glad. Um, it is the nature of this episode to end, and it will be the nature of us to make another episode again soon. Yep, yep. And it's true. the nature of our Patreon to give you double the episodes every month. So if you want to go through the cycle of episodes ending and beginning even faster, yes, join our Patreon. Join the Patreon. So I can keep doing this, Michigas, which I love to do. Yep, yep. Well, I hope you all, by the time you heard this, have had a wonderful first nights of Pesach and you have a wonderful Chohomoed and we will catch you all in the funny papers. Yeah. Shavuot Tov. <laughs> Shavuot Tov. Shavuot Tov.